I love you like peaches. You're as sweet as can be. We're gonna call. Jared. We're gonna Facetime Jared first. Oh, I love it. He's at the gym. I know. You are at the gym. Hello. We're recording episode four. Do you want to? Do you want to say anything? Sorry, what'd you say? I said we're recording. Do you want to say anything? That I'm tired, and these weights are heavy. <laughs> Do you have any questions that you want to ask mom or you want me to just go through what we talked about? Um, no, I want you to ask her how ski patrol was and how long she did that for. Anything else? Um, I also just want to know every single place that she's lived. Okay. Like specific, like not addresses, but uh, you know, kind of locations. Mom's already getting jiggy with the editing. She popped my second hard kombucha and she's like, oh dang it, we should have been recording that. As our intro. Probably. <laughs> All right, y'all. Have fun. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. Okay. Episode four. So this week, we have a special guest on the podcast. It's my mom. Live in its stereo. <laughs> yeah, you need to talk into the mic. <laughs> She's a little nervous. Well... Who would ever have guessed that I would be? <laughs> the first guest? The first guest. The first guest. We were going to do the episode. So I'm in Wisconsin right now, as we've discussed in the past two podcasts, because Jared's chronicled my entire journey to the point where we were giving away flight information. Mm. Um, and we were going to do, because we had not banked an episode yet... We were going to do it over Zoom, but him and I were talking on the way home from the gym, and we both came to the realization that, you know, we both consume a lot of content, and we find that if we're tuning into one of our favorite shows, and we can hear right off the bat that it's taking place over Zoom or FaceTime or something, we're just automatically inclined to change the episode. It's just something about it is not as personal. Um... The audio sounds off. So then we had the idea, why not then just have a, a special guest? And who better than Cinderella? And as we were also talking about last week, most of the people who are currently listening are our friends. So everyone's very excited. <laughs> okay, well, people, people can't see you. They need to hear you. No. My favorite part about this is I don't have to put on makeup or do my hair. So. Oh my goodness, no. We always look terrible. I mean, I always look terrible, but I'm like a sweaty, sweaty mess right now. But and very happy and high on endorphins. High on endorphins. I just had the best workout at the gym after they would not let me in. The day of hell. The day of hell. I know. I, I, uh, I started working at five. 30 and I stopped at 5:15. It was lovely. Anyway, hi. Hello. How are you? I am wonderful. Mwah. It's been nice to see you. It's been great to see you too and appreciate your effort to be here. She was supposed to come and visit and a then month we were ago asked to reconsider just because of the smoke content of the air quality yeah, i i was very excited my parents were supposed to fly out to montana to visit my brother and i because they haven't been out there yet to see you know where we live and stuff well in decades 
Well, we'll get into that. We've talked about it a little bit, but we'll get into that, which is cool. Um, and I, it's just been so smoky everywhere in Montana. Oh, are you okay? I think so. And everything we wanted to do was, you know, I want, you know, they wanted to go to Glacier, and I wanted to take them floating, and I just felt that it would have been a little bit tainted just with the air quality. So they will come soon, or they'll come to Utah. I'll suffer through the, either one <laughs> or both. You know, Elaine and Warner last night were, they were like, we'll come, we can go to, we can go to, or we can go to both. <laughs> I was like, come to both. I'll happily hang out with you and both. Because they yeah. said they'd never skied whitefish either. Right? No. Mm-hmm. And he was so jealous of... I was just enamored with his reaction. Like, I wish I would have done that at Jared's age. That right. was cute. He gets that. I told Jared. Or anyway, he gets it every single day, which is so... Aww. It's such a reassuring thing for him. We were talking about it today in the car when, um, when, I don't know, I was just, he was telling me about his day and how great it was, and I just told him I was jealous of him, and then he reassures me that I'm also on my path, Aww. which is sweet. Yeah. Even grandfather, his grandfather was just so elated that he's out there and how happy he is. I know. Yeah. I mean, he is. He's just... Yeah, it's just reassurance that he's doing something right. So Jared and I were kind of talking about this and we want to make it all about you. So. No pressure. (laughs) No, I think, so people who are listening obviously know you pretty well. There's a, again, there's everyone on, like our listeners, right? Our listenership is predominantly our friends. So I think we want to do this instead of Jared and I are usually just kind of bouncing off each other. Mm-hmm. I think we want to get to know Cindy. Who is Cindy? Where did Cindy come from? And then somehow please envelop your story into our correlation with Montana because I think that that's very interesting. Do you hate that I call you Cindy? No. Somehow it's endearing and not derogatory. Have I always called you that? For a little bit. I either call you that or mother. And also, what's the other one that I just said the other day? I don't know. And then Kayla calls me that, but the short... Oh, Squindy. Squindy. We call you Squindy. Squind. Squinderella. Mm -hmm. Cinderella. Mm -hmm. Um, That's... I think those are all of your nicknames, Mm -hmm. but mostly Cindy. Mm -hmm. But it is... I don't mean it in a derogatory way. No, it doesn't come off that way. You just sort of know when someone's calling you sweetheart. Oh, I and then, can't. you know, and certain ah. people, certain, sometimes it's like nails on a chalkboard because you know it's derogatory, and other times it's like, no, no, they're just very endearing people. I was getting ready for the manager at Lifetime to call me sweetheart or something, and I think I would have mm-hmm. truly thrown myself over the desk. <laughs> there would have been blood. But, um, no, no, you're just my mom. Or I call you my mom. My mom. My mom. I do, I do say that. Anyway, okay. Where were you born? In Wisconsin. (laughs) In Milwaukee. (laughs) Milwaukee. (laughs) 
that's the truth there. <laughs> okay, but can you elaborate a little? Where? When? How? Oh my gosh, I'm going to give my age away in things No, 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 too. you don't have to give your age away. No, when, no. Where, we, how? We never what? ask a woman her age. Also, no one will believe you if you oh. tell them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, oh, that was sweet. Um, so, when, how? Pretend um, we're on a first date right now, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. We're on a first date. We're drinking. We're drinking. We cheers. just got to Cheers. We just got to dinner. I'm your date. And I'm like, so tell me, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Wisconsin in the mix. Except, yeah. So, in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Brookfield. Mm-hmm. Just off of Gephardt Road, but spelled differently. Which everybody I didn't know that. Me about. Yeah, the main drag through there was Gebhard with the T, and that my maiden name was Gebhard with a D. Yeah. And that's still your nickname. Geb. Geb. Geb will be my name forever for certain people. It's uh it's an indicator of how long some of my mom's friends have known her, whether they call her in her name or whether they call her Geb. Well, there were five Cindy's in my class, so we all got nicknames. <laughs> and Geb somehow landed on me. Geb is cute. I'm E. Craig. That's cuter than that. I like E. Craig. I know. My mom does call me E. Craig a lot. I do. You do? Even coming out of sedation. <laughs> Ecraig.com. <laughs> I think you call me... You don't really. You don't even remember. No that. one calls me by my first name, really. No. You don't. I guess you don't. I do. Not really. You call me Miss E or E. No way. Or E. Craig, being facetious. You don't. You never are going, Eliz. You've never just like. Uh, yes, I do. Do you? Yes. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Like not on text, but. No, you say Miss E, and then mm-hmm. there's a little cute emoji. My mom, my mom texts like our lives depends on it, but in a very. <laughs> At least I can use my, you know. The people dueling. who know sometimes I post them on social media because they're. So... <laughs> they're novel lots. <laughs> you have to turn this over because it's you very. Just... Disturbing I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. If that's, okay. I can also do that. There you no, go. No, no, not that. Okay. That I like, but this disturbs me. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, my screen lighting up because I'm getting texts is disturbing. No, the picture <laughs> is the saver. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's, I love it. Okay, well. Berkeley, my mom's disturbed by Hudson. I love Berkeley. <laughs> and her child. And her children. And children. Coming up on three. Oh, gosh. I know. Go, girl, go. <laughs> Get them over with. I'm Get so mad way. that we're not going to have any kids close together because mm-hmm. I would have to start, like, now. Mm-hmm. So I guess her kids are just going to babysit my kids. Mm-hmm. Could be. Or maybe we'll stay. I don't know. Dad even told me the other day. What did he say? Whenever I want to uh, start on that path, oh. he's ready. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I was like... I didn't realize it was about you. I'm so sorry. I'll get right on that. I don't put that pressure on you. I don't. 
Because I'm very intentional about just... I know, I know, but I can see through. I know that that's what you're trying to do. But I appreciate that you No, tried. but honestly, because mm -hmm. you can't, you can't microwave that. And if you do, you can really... I that don't. would be just be bad. It would be. I don't want... That's how I feel. I know, I know. Well, and then everyone would be miserable. Yeah. And that just makes... We're going to have so many happier years if you just give me a few. Which... It could be 10. Leads us back into... Okay. So you okay. grew up in Wisconsin. I did. And this is why I don't let her pressure me too much, because she went on her own little journey. I did. And that's what I always told you. How could I judge you? Exactly. Well, not judge, but yeah. Okay. So you grew up in Wisconsin. You went to high school here. Mm -hmm. And then what? And then... Went to school out of state for a little. Why? Oh, I thought I wanted to ski. And I did. I did. And I liked Colorado. Mm-hmm. And... You grew up skiing? I grew up skiing because my dad loved skiing. Mm -hmm. And so instead of... And he was a general contractor. Mm -hmm. And so his prime time being in Wisconsin was summer months, the warmer... You know, six months out of the year. So he would pull us out of school, no problem. It was not... Christmas break or spring break or anything and just take us. Oh, that never dawned on me. Why? Oh, yeah, because he wanted to go and he wanted to go, so we would Because they go. don't really build here in the wintertime, do they? Because it's too cold. They would do some stuff, but, but prime time was... would be, you know, spring, summer. Interesting. Autumn. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, mm -hmm. and we would go. And his, his, outlook was never go to the same place twice mm -hmm. and go see mm -hmm. everything so i never with him at least skied the same place twice have you skied all the mountains in colorado Probably, i don't know not all of them but i remember back in the 70s going to steamboat like the first year it was open driving through a blizzard to get there from denver can you airport. name all the mountains you've skied in colorado Aspen, Vale, Snowmass, Mary Jane. What else? Uh, Preston Butte. I've also skied there. Which is good memories. Very good memories. And it made me a better skier. And it also made me a brat because now I don't like lift lines. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you grew up skiing in Europe. Where there also are not very, very many lift lines. No. I know. And That's always my line, I say. No lift lines and they don't believe in avalanche control. Uh, no, they do not. Don't believe in that. And you just kind of deal with it. Yeah. It made you, I think it made me, I don't know. I went through a little phase where I was kind of a, a shrimp about it, but now. Yeah, now you're. I just like to go fast. You a whole new skier. I like to go fast. Because honestly, full disclosure, it mm -hmm. really made me sad for a while there when you didn't embrace it the same way that I did. Because I really, it? oh, because really? I was always hoping it was something we could share together. And then for a while there, you were just kind of, I could just tell it didn't give you the joy it gave me, it and you just didn't. were there because we were <clears> there. And um, I was like so bummed. 
But did I say anything? No. No, I never knew that. Yeah. Aww. And then this year was a blast. So much fun. That last day. So much fun. Oh when my When we went gosh. to the backside of the mountain. To see Ryan Jerry. And in that that crazy little bowl we found, mm-hmm. that was really fun. I know. Now I love it. I mean, now I like... No, you totally. I want to stay out now. there forever. And just that's all I want to do. You're very aggressive. Yeah, and yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It uh, it's kind of, it's one of those things where I feel like I had the mechanics down because I did even when I was golfing with Dad the other day. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I'm having so many flashbacks, and I have the mechanics locked in my brain somewhere, which is cool. Doing and it's just like unlocking it and getting over the mental hurdle. Yeah, you're so athletic, and you. Do. I was absolutely whacking the ball. Yeah. The last like. Oh, especially I didn't see the last time when just you and he went out. I, but oh, he said you were connecting. Whacking the ball. Uh-huh. It was fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, there is. And then when I I was like, do people just come out here and throw their headphones in? He was like, yeah, that's oh. what we all do. And I was like, this is my this could be my thing. Anywhere where I could just go and throw my podcasts in and zone out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I'm going to start. Kevin Dyer. I mean, he always has music in. Or Uncle Keith. He goes, mm-hmm. when I'm playing badly, then I just have to put a new song in my head. Mm-hmm. And it changes my... Yeah, he was saying people will go out and play Nine Holes with music in their head. Oh my gosh, how much fun. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more I love than skiing now and having like a good song on. Oh, it's so fun. Oh. Anyway, okay, so you went to college in Colorado. Where in Colorado? Colorado State. Colorado for State. For fun, for Collins. And how was that experience for you? I enjoyed it because it was it was a good size back then. It was only like 18, 20,000. And everybody was chill, and I just liked the weather because it was not a severe winter. Mm-hmm. And it would snow, and then it would melt, and... Like one of my most fun dates was going out with a guy that took me repelling. That's fun. It took him 10 minutes to talk me over the edge the first time, and then I was like, he, he couldn't get me to go home. Would you consider yourself an adrenaline junkie? No. No, but... But you like to have fun. But I do like to have fun. This is the thing about you. Is... Yeah. Like, the, 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 one of my best memories is mm. bungee jumping in British Columbia. We did do that. And but you didn't like skydiving. Well, I just, my whole apparatus was painful. <laughs> well, they have to make sure you don't fall out. <laughs> I know, but bungee, okay, that was, I wasn't expecting it, so mm-hmm. I didn't have any head binkies before I went in because I just went to go watch my children. And do you want to give backstory? Well, we were on a family trip. We were in. Started in Seattle, met you in... No, we met in Seattle. We met you too in Seattle. And then we drove up to um, Vancouver. Well, first we drove to Whistler. No, we drove to Vancouver first, and then we drove to Whistler. Hmm. Okay. We did. Okay. And it was hotter Because we hated Vancouver, remember? We were like, this is just not it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. That's right. We stayed in that cool hotel where Drake plays poker all the time. And so Jared and I were playing at the casino. That part was fun. 
and we couldn't do anything like we couldn't do some of the trips we wanted to from there because they were all booked and it was the really smoky there the, too yeah yes so was. things were canceled but then we drove up to whistler which was really fun mm -hmm. and i had been wanting to bungee jump for forever mm -hmm. and it's illegal in a lot of places in america yeah so really you have to drive up to canada mm -hmm. so i was looking at this place in ontario when i lived in new york because it was like only a 10-hour bus ride mm -hmm. it's like i could just go on the weekend and then drive back but then this trip happened dad mentioned he wanted to go to, up to whistler mm -hmm. i was like what are the odds found the place mm -hmm. so jared and i <laughs> we found this place i book our tickets jared and i go out the night before that's the night he burritoed me in bed when <laughs> he said i was playing ping pong against the wall oh, oh i <laughs> Burritoed me in bed, wakes me up, and he goes, we're going skydiving. And I was like, oh, I'm going to throw up. Skydiving or bungee jumping? I mean, jumping? bungee jumping. Yeah. Like, well, that's right. I'm, uh -huh. This is coming back and to me. And I was me. like, and so I quite literally willed the hangover away. I was like, you're not going to ruin this for yourself. And I think I lied to you and said I had my period uh, because I was hung, uh, hungover. Uh, yeah. Okay. The truth comes out now. Sorry, uh, Mom. The truth. We had a lot of fun though that night. It was sibling memories. Yeah. And and so you guys came to watch us. Yes. And and what happens? And then I was on the and I was thinking in my head, I want to do this. I want to do this. And you totally read me. I didn't say anything verbally. And she, you look at me and you go, "You want to do this, <laughs> don't you?" And I'm like, "Yes." And I'm like, but your dad will not be happy because he'll probably think I'll screw up my shoulder again and blah, blah, blah. And then you went running over to him, I think, going, she wants to do this. <laughs> I, I, I gave him a little pep talk. I was like, don't take this away from her or something. I was so firm. I was like, don't take this experience away from her. And then dad does the, he was like, all right, fine, but then I'm doing it too. Uh -huh. So then he goes and buys tickets for you guys. Thankfully they had room. Yeah. And then dad just the prettiest swan dive out of all of us. Ever. I mean, it was like he was a professional bungee like jumper. Like he had done it. And I can remember, <laughs> oh, okay, so all of these kids mm -hmm. on that are running this company mm -hmm. up on this, it is absolutely stunningly gorgeous. If you bungee, this is the only place you should bungee I, from. Mm -hmm. Because you'll never forget it because it's so beautiful. But they're from all over the world. And the one kid walked up to us and he, he's like why aren't you doing this and dad said well I've done this before I did it at the original bridge mm -hmm. in New Zealand and he goes well mate that's my home base that's my home office that was not a New Zealand accent <laughs> forgive me but was it was <laughs> darling that was Aussie ish adjacent ish. um so and that dad was you know whatever but then when you when you it was you, fun you convinced him that was a very good memory yeah and his swan dive was it was beautiful i still have the photos i actually sent them to our family group chat the other day because it was exactly exactly three years ago yeah i did see that that wild yeah feels like feels like a really long time ago also not that long i don't know it's one of those exactly. it's one of those yeah. that was a good trip okay so you are an adrenaline junkie but you're not which i agree with some sort of conflicted in between. You're like a safe adrenaline junkie. That might be a good... I think I'm kind of the same way. 
How many times have you parachuted? I know, I know, but I think I also, I think I weigh the risks, hmm. and you're, then yeah, I'll do not, it. I'm yeah. not just gonna go. Like every time I bridge jump, every time I do anything like that, I make the calculation of the calculation risk. of the risk. And there's no rock. Like I know for a fact, there's no rocks. There's nothing that can really happen to me. Mm-hmm. But that's where I like the mental hurdle of like, okay, I know this is safe enough where I'm not going to get hurt, but also risky enough where I'm going to get that rush. Mm-hmm. And kind of push the edge and get out of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. that's good for you. That's, yeah. People who don't do that are a little weird, in my opinion. Well, you get, like last year when I spent time with Grandpa mm-hmm. up at the cabin, he kept saying, get out of here, go out of here, go into town, go do this, go do that. He goes, because cabin fever is real. Uh-huh. And he had never really heard of it. And somebody explained it to him, and they said, that's when you're out there for a long time, but then you go into town, you're almost into town, and you get this wave panic of you, and you turn right around and go back, and you can't go into town anymore. Well, that's what they were so worried about with COVID, or like what happened to so many people. Mm. They got cabin fever. Mm. Some people have to like relearn of social people social I know. I know we would start to make plans and this wasn't like a COVID fear. This was we would start to make plans when things were getting safer and we could go out. Mm-hmm. And people wouldn't come because they were anxious because they didn't know how to be around that many people anymore. Again. Hmm. Me, I was like... <laughs> Bring it on. Literally smother me. And bring your cousins. And bring your cousins and your brother and everyone. Oh, me too. But I do empathize. That would be, I don't, yeah. Oh, gosh. I know. I'm social. I know that for sure. Anyway. Okay. But you didn't stay at Colorado all four years. No. I did end up finishing at the University of Wisconsin. So you ended up at Wisconsin. I did. And you rejoined your sorority, which you were a... Alfie. Alpha fee. My mom doesn't know what uh, Alabama Rush TikTok is, and I've been trying. No, she did explain it the other day. And I, I did. I, was like, I did. Oh, my it's goodness. wild. And the, the and the diverse amount of oh. characters that are getting it, like Barbara from Shark Tank to. Oh yes. Oh, everyone getting served the Alabama Rush TikTok. Yeah. And now there's fan accounts for all these girls who blew up the most. Oh my god. And it's like almost following their story. There's rumors that Netflix is making a, a reality TV a show out of, of it already next they year. Are. I'm sure. Sh- if they don't, they're idiots. Yeah. But these girls blew up to like multi millions of followers over this rush period. And so these uh, girls have these, yeah, these fan accounts where it's like, this is where Barbara ended up and this is where Tiffany ended up. And <laughs> these little montages. And they're 18, 17, 18. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so you It's the most important decision. It's the most important decision of your life. Okay, so you ended up in Wisconsin. You did not like Wisconsin as much as Colorado State. Or it was fine. It was fine. And actually, that house was really sweet, too. The sorority house. Undergraduated from a better school. Yeah. Yes. Technically, it was a better school. I graduated from a way better school. Quite literally, the antithesis. Oh, yes. Your dad lets me hear about it all the time. I looked. I I looked. It's a 93 percentage uh, Mm -hmm. acceptance at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. 93% acceptance rate at Ole Miss. 
and at UF right now, it's less than 20%. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So. That says a little something. I know. Not that I even believe in college at all, but. Right? No, I have very. I was talking about that with someone last night, how we both think college is a scam. But It is a scam. If it hadn't been paid for, I would have never gone. I was very fortunate, and it would have been silly for me not to take that gift, but if I was faced with the, like, the financial burden that a lot of people are, I would have never gone to college, and I think I would have been better for it, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think I would have been in a different place in my life, which I almost regret, but that's a different story. Okay, so you're at Wisconsin. You had one year there or two years there? Wisconsin, a year and a half. Oh, you transferred in the middle of the year. No, I didn't. I just needed some more oh, credits yeah. because of the transfer. Oh, you needed some more time. Situation. Right, 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 right. Yes, yeah. I did the same. Well, kind of. Okay. And then what did you do? What was your thought process coming out of college? I don't know this. Uh, really? My one sorority sister and a couple other ones approached me and wanted to go to Europe. Really? Yes. Like a gap And I'm thing? like, no, this is like after school's done. And I'm like, yeah. And I talked to my dad and he was totally down. And one of them was like- Doing just like traveling? Military, just travel for like a three, four months or whatever. Fun. And, um, and when all of a sudden done, the whole thing fell apart. Like nobody was going. I'm like, really? And so how, oh, someone, anyways, I decided to go apply because I like to ski. I applied um, in several different places to be a ski hostess. What is that? You work for the mountain. So I ended up working for Heavenly Valley back in the day. And back then, I mean, we did the John Denver Pro-Am um where you know these are like 80s tv shows like everybody from hill street's blue hill street blues what what other shows were big cheers was big all those casts would come in a lot of celebrities the love boat people you know what's love boat a tv show reality no not there was no reality tv back then was there not no no love boat sounds like love islands or like Big Brother or something, yeah, but okay. I think they may be remaking the Love Boat. I saw something strange. They're remaking, or they're rebooting Sex in the City. We're very excited. Well, that's not that long gone. I, well, I know we're talking eighties. Well, that was the nineties. Yeah. So we would do things like that. We would also like if celebrities came up from LA or whatever, um, we and run them all over the mountain, just cut lines with them and get them where they wanted to be. Or who's the most famous person you ever met there? Oh, I don't know. Joanne Rivers was really big at the time, and she was she was she's frequent. Still big. Well, she's dead. She's now. pretty dead. <laughs> but she probably looks great. <laughs> she had the cutest little outfits on. Really? Oh my! Well, that's what she's known for. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm trying to think who else. And I don't know, nobody's coming to my head right now, but there is. Yeah. How long did you do that for? 
I just did one big sweep. <clears throat> Let's just see if I'm... And then what did you want to do? Or, like, what was your thought process after that? Did you want to stay? She's rolling her eyes. No. <laughs> In a funny way. No, I went down to Los Angeles. For a boy? No. <laughs> oh, I thought that's why you rolled your eyes. No. I was about to say Squindy. No, I was pursuing commercial acting, acting. That's cool. Yeah, so. What made you want to do that? I guess that's my little edgier side, like throw caution to the wind and just go give it a go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't married. I. You were how old? Like, okay, so you you moved. So... This, I can, when I tell people your chronology, I truly can't imagine you at these ages because I, I really don't know. So I went and I stayed away. That had to have been, what was that, the 84 Olympics? And I stayed away. Just also, wait, we have to backtrack for a second. Why? We never touched on Montana. I did that summer. I went and took one because my brother and sister were in Missoula. And so that summer I had one stats class to take. After in Wisconsin? I decided to go do it in. Right, but you had transferred to Wisconsin. Yeah. And then you just, oh, the six month periods. And so, explain. I don't know. So I, I graduated, <laughs> but then that summer after, I still have this class hanging over my head. So I went to go hang out with my sister, stayed with her because she still had her place, and I took the stats class at University of Montana. In Missoula, where in we Missoula, live, at where they live. <clears throat> and so, your brother was there too. And John was there too, and. Probably Trudy. Trudy was there too, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how, when we talked about on the first one, how we have like weird connection. Yeah. That's the weird connection. And you were there for how long? Just the summer. And then you went back to Wisconsin. No, then I went to LA. When did you go to, so then when did skiing happen? How did this work? Yeah. Well, then... <laughs> You're messing up your own timeline. Maybe. So you probably went to Montana, mm -hmm. back to Wisconsin, and then applied and then went out for that's ski season. That's probably what I did. God, that's weird that I, like, you don't it's not as clicking? clear. Mm -hmm. But I didn't do it after L.A. or during L.A. Right. I did it, like, right. after. Had, right. So I had to have done it that summer. Did you go straight from Heavenly Valley to L.A.? Or did you go back to Wisconsin for a Oh, second? I went straight down. You did? Mm -hmm. Did you have connections? Did you have like a reason to get there? Or you just literally showed up no. like they do in the movies? and my dad, honestly, because he was big in the health club tennis industry, mm -hmm. had this one woman who was big at Ursa, and she had big connections at Lacoste, some big resort. In Southern California, don't you want to get a job there? I'm like, no. No. I mean, because so they had connections, and I just went. I didn't know anybody, and I just did it. You didn't know anybody? Work. No, but at the last minute, my mother called me and said, one of my one of her tennis partners' daughters was out there working for a, a, 
like designing for a fabric company and she goes can you can you reach out to her talk to her ask her questions and I did you didn't know anyone in, in LA uh -uh. you didn't know anyone that you were looking up to like oh, I want to go do what they're doing no you just were like LA that's mm -hmm. where you felt your heartstrings pulling mm -hmm. see it was the same for me for New York I just knew well, I always knew you'd end up, well, hopefully in New York, because being a third culture kid, you could have ended up in London or Dubai or because Singapore. Yeah. every book or lecture I ever listened to was like, these kids are not going to be comfortable in the United I States. Was my, at the end of Gainesville, my skin was crawling. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I did. Mm -hmm. And he was like a comforting. And then knowing that I was probably going to move there and I didn't really know anyone. It mm -hmm. was nice to have like like an older established guy who I like, knew was going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. And he did. Mm -hmm. And he fulfilled oh, that role in my life very like gentleman. well. Yes. He was amazing. Yeah. I just didn't want to get married at 23. Yeah. And he did. And he, well, he was 28. Of course he did. Oh, I didn't know he was that much older. Only 27, 28. Yeah, he was... He was 26 oh, when we then met. You can't fault him at all. No, that's why I didn't. That's why mm. we had the cleanest breakup ever. Mm. The healthiest, cleanest. Mm. I wanted one thing. He understood. He was upset. Mm -hmm. And then, but I had to live my truth. That sounds so cliche, but I did. And mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to be a good girlfriend because that's not where my head is right now. Mm -hmm. Somehow I didn't ever put that together. Okay. He was 26 when I met him. I was 20. Two. Two, barely. Barely. 21, probably. Yeah. I think I turned probably. 22. Mm -hmm. You were broke up when I was 20, right before I turned 23, and he was turning 27, 28. I don't really remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that makes all the sense. Yeah. He just turned, yeah, he's 30 now. Mm -hmm. He's course. a good five years older than me. Yeah. And he's, he's mature. Oh, no, four years older than me. He's four years, because he was 91, 91. And he's mature. Very mature, very mature, yeah, and responsible. And, yeah, yeah, he had he was. I love. I had like an adult. Mm -hmm. He was an adult. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the whole connection to that mm -hmm. good personality plus the New York connection mm -hmm. plus the airports and trains and yeah, mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was like the fall. It just clicked in my head. Mm -hmm. Made sense. Mm -hmm. And that's I needed to go, mm -hmm. and then I went. Mm -hmm. And it worked out. Well, and any time Dad would do a business trip and you could tag along, you would. Yeah. And you slept with the windows open going, I love the sound of a city. But it's just interesting that you really had no preconceived notions of L.A. and just felt that's where you wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Did it feel right when you got there? Like you were in the right place? Yeah. It was not Wisconsin. Yeah. And it was sunny and it was nice weather. and The people were pretty. And it, yeah. And, you know, I ended up working at a gym originally because I knew that kind of business and, mm -hmm. you know, I could Why support you know myself because that's what my family yeah. did for a little. And so, yeah, it made it all work. How um, long did you live there for? At least four years. So you were what age to what age? I probably left. 28, 20, 28, 29. 
Okay. I really don't know. I'm not even asking you to, like, coax you. I really have no idea. Mm-hmm. You yeah. tell me little things, but you leave out big details. And it's funny how some stuff has just washed away. Oh. The memories? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite memory? Or, like, what's just, like, a memory? Like, what's, a, like, a, like, a night out or, like, a, something that happened that you think about a lot? I'm drawing a complete blank right now. Did you date anyone fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> I want you to talk about the cowboy. The country artist. Oh, God. <clears throat> well, yeah, they did okay. That was a band that... Well, he played for Crystal Gale, so I did know him from Tahoe, the keyboard player. Mm-hmm. And then he got into a band with a couple of guys from Credence Clearwater and the Doobies and... Yeah, it was called Southern Pacific. And they did okay for a while. And then, okay, so this isn't like a favorite memory, but a memory of that was like we dated a little. Mm -hmm. He was always on tour and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then I thought he wrote a song for me and he confirmed that through Tammy, my friend Tammy. And I'm visiting Nancy Calanlotta mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And she has the radio on. And the song comes on the radio. I'm like, Nancy's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I didn't know that. Yeah. It made it to like number five on the country charts or something. What the heck? Yeah. Uh, you had a country song on the top ten charts about you? Can we find the song? Do you know the name of it? You do. Oh, I do. I, in <laughs> fact, I used to have the tape because I had the demo tape of a you bunch of stuff. You don't have to say it right now, but I'll I'll try to find it. Yes. And play it for you. Okay. I'm excited. Wow, I'm learning so much. <laughs> I always kind of knew, but you don't. Anyway, any other crazy stories? Oh, come on. Okay, what? I don't know. Who's the I most mean, famous person you saw, like, hung out with in know, L.A.? Were you famous, friends with famous people? Or, like, people who made it later on? Oh, sure. Like, Patty Heaton. Patty Heaton Hunt. Um, you know, we were in a Bible study together. And, um, who? I mean, just even at Vince's acting studio. I mean, that was... Oh... Some very fun people in there, and I'm drawing a blank right now. Like, um, I'm drawing a blank for every single person. <laughs> All right. Well, if you think about them, scream them later, and then we'll put them together. I will. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I'm totally drawing. I, a blank. You and I do the same thing. I can't recall anything on the spot. Bill Paxton. No big deal. Billy Paxton was. You don't even know who that is, but um, dear in his girlfriend wife was dear English girl and um, yeah anyways there's like a dozen people I could name and I can't even I'm totally drawing a blank I'm sure I don't know if I knew I would say them but I don't know them yeah 
because every once in a while, like I'll think about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Why did you decide to leave? Slash, did you? <laughs> like, how seriously were you pursuing it? And did you ever feel like you, like were there instances where you're like, oh, like I'm gonna make it or I made it? Or like you had reached a point where you were happy with what you had done? Because you were getting gigs. I was getting gigs. You were getting a lot of gigs. And then I started getting panicky about, um, that is not the place to like get married and raise a family. But neither was going back to Wisconsin because everybody was married and had kids. So that made it even more awkward. Well, you look at them and you go, I don't want that life, but I also don't want to... Talk about being at an awkward stage. Yeah. It was a super awkward stage. Yeah. So then, was it almost like a self-sabotage? Maybe. Do you a lot ever of things regret, to work out. Do yeah. you ever regret leaving? Yeah. Yeah. Because I know that I was growing a little bit of momentum, and I'm like, what did you do? Did you just self-sabotage yourself? Because there is that comfort level walking into auditions that I was at. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, you were doing well. So, what was your favorite gig you ever got? Did you only do acting or did you do modeling too? I don't even... I didn't model. You didn't model? Oh my gosh, you need to be a giant. Um, <laughs> but commercial work, and I kind of enjoyed commercial work more than anything. You know, but um, commercials like on TV. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know, because they were quick. Mm -hmm. You know, sitting on a movie set for hours yeah. or doing night shoots mm -hmm. was painful. Mm -hmm. Painful. Even then, I was not a night person. Right. You know, and when you're, your call is five o'clock in the afternoon and you're working until seven o'clock the next morning. Really? Yes. Wow. It's icky. It's icky. What was the most you ever made from a job? Oh, not very much. No? No. So it was like more just like side. Were you ever like the lead in an episode no, or something? No, no, no. But you know, that, that, that you just said this, I did one of Tom Shadiak, who's a very famous director now. Mm hmm like he did a lot with Jim Carrey, mm -hmm. but he, okay, he's one of the people from Vince's. Mm -hmm. Tom I mean, I just looked him up the other day. Mm -hmm. I haven't thought of him in forever. His hair's like down here and he's like this eccentric. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I would be at his parties. I knew his cousins. Really? I'm like, it's Tom Shadyak. <laughs> It's just Tom Shadyac, but it's Tom Shadyac. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's perspective. They're just people. That's how I feel every time I come into contact with someone like that. They're just people. Or I've been in positions where I've been in places and I don't know the person. Mm -hmm. 
so I'm just being my crazy self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you don't have that filter of I'm talking oh, to yeah. someone important. Okay. Yeah. And then you find out later that they're this huge, and I'm like, oh well, I think I'm a crackhead. Yeah. No. Okay. This is. So I'm doing this little like to the equivalent of an off-Broadway thing in LA. Mm-hmm. And we only ran it like for a week. But mm-hmm. the one night, somebody came back and goes, Daniro's here, Daniro's here. And I could have cared less and I just acted my little behind off. But the night that Nova came, my friend. Her best friend. I could barely put my words together. There was just something weird about that, which it was self-sabotage. Yeah. It was really strange. The pressure. Yeah. Because you have the personal association. Yeah. That is interesting. I don't know. It could have gone both ways, honestly. Yeah, it could have, but. Robert De Niro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. The one and only. Didn't you say you saw Madonna a lot at your gym? She used to come in. Bruce Springsteen used to come in. I mean, the one night I was helping clothes and I was running up to the ladies to make sure. And she was just sitting there doing her thing all by herself. You know, this was back before she really... But she, you knew it was Madonna, so it was Madonna, but it was, this is, say, 85, maybe. Right. I don't know when she really took off. You know. I mean, she's still huge. Mm-hmm. There's only a few people in the world who just go by their first names, and she's one of yeah. them. Yeah. Her share. You know, and that was a funny little gym because it was in West Hollywood, so you have the whole gay population. You have people from the concentration camps, the little Jewish people with, you can see the numbers tattooed on their arms. They were in there. I mean, it was talk about neglected necks. Did you like the diversity? I did. You loved it? I loved it. I loved it. Because it was different from... It was so different. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're pulling things out of my head that I haven't thought about in a long time. How many apartments did you live in? Oh, my. So I first lived in the Hollywood Hills, across from the Hollywood Bowl. Mm -hmm. The cutest little neighborhood up in the hills. And these were all, like... 1920s houses so cute oh and then bruce cohen was living with penny my girlfriend across the way he ended up doing very well too (sighs) anyways i'm just i love it this is what i want yeah yeah um so after the hollywood hills then i then I moved to Sherman Oaks all by myself. I just you wanted my own little place. Place, <clears throat> and then, and then I was, oh, Nova. Nova was giving off her place because she was getting married to Alan. He used to be on Jake and the Fat Man. <laughs> <laughs> People are not going to know what these shows are. <laughs> okay they have google they're gonna google every single one of them she called him Milan Delan. <laughs> anyways <laughs> but anyways um yeah and they moved to hawaii to go shoot the show 
And so then I took her apartment. Did you live alone? So you didn't live no, alone? No, and I had a roommate, Karen, who was married to a stand-up comic. Oh, yeah, so then I got in with all these stand-up comics, like, oh, yeah. And writers, because, and a lot of them were from Indiana, and they were writing for, um, oh, why am I drawing a blank? You were a comedian, Rupi? No, but I just, like, because Karen was my roommate, and the, her husband was a stand-up, like, doing well and touring the country. Was the comedy store there at the time? Or was it oh, another? Oh, and that's another place I worked. I worked at, um... You worked at the comedy store? No, at... In the improv. You did? Yeah. You worked at the improv? I didn't do improv. Really? Yeah. That's a huge deal. And That's I still did, very famous. I did get to wait on Francis Ford Coppola. They gave me the table. <laughs> oh, so you were the, you were like a... <clears throat> but he was out more in the main, because Vince used to take us there all the time. Do you want to explain my, who Vince is? Vince was my initial acting coach. And, like, he was a studio coach back in the day for, like, Linda Evans and other little starlets that he would be their personal coach. And then he, Vincenzo Lecese, he went out on his own. Do you ever keep in contact with him? Because you no. talk about him a lot. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Like, when? Like, whenever you talk about your stories of being out there, you, well, he comes I am up. very grateful for it to him because I, I really had to make my case. Mm-hmm. I really had to make my case with him. He was hard on you. He was hard on me, but he let me in. Probably means he saw something in you. So, Vince, and then he had another um, coach in there, Danny, um, who would do comedy and and commercial. I did all my commercial work through Danny and my improvisation through Danny. And, yeah, well, that was... Now, I loved that. And all these twinks would come in. He would call them twinks. They're still called twinks. Are you talking about little gay boys? Uh, no, just very pretty boys back in the day. Yeah. Just met pretty, but they weren't gay. Yeah. Well, I think at the time also, Hollywood wasn't, even though it was like, I was listening to someone talk about this. Even though Hollywood has always been quote unquote accepting of gay people. If you wanted a job, like, you couldn't. It was, like, a weird... I was talking to... Or not talking, listening to something about that. Is that true? See... Like, they weren't getting gigs. Like, they weren't getting acting gigs. Maybe, but I was not that in touch with... Other than the awkward part was, and I'm sure all these people are dead, like Vince. He's dead? Oh, he has to be. We don't know. Well, yeah, he could be ninety-eight in his house, not doing much. He could just do, could still be doing privates. Who knows? You don't know. I don't know. You should look him up. I should. Um, yeah. What were you saying, though? I just don't even know if I want to go down this path. But like one of, like, one of the agents was a friend of his, and he always let Bud come in and. He would take Bud's newest young boys and and coach them, and it, but there was always this whispering. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this was the '80s, you know, and it, so it wasn't as 
Oh, anything skeezy ever happened to you? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, but no, it didn't happen to me. But I could see what what was happening. And you got out. And I got out. You did. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, you just can discern it. Like mm-hmm. the one time I could just tell, like the drink that was bought to me, I just had this discernment to like not drink, drink it. it. Really? And I put my lips up to it like, but I didn't do it. And mm-hmm. even at that, I was like, ooh. And really? I didn't even drink it. Yeah. How did you get out of not drinking and it? And I'm just, I just boldly got up and walked out. You did? Yes. Heck yeah. That is female empowerment right there, folks. Yeah. And then another older gentleman took me out and promised me all this stuff on a um, soap opera and all this stuff. And then it, and I could just, I'm like, this isn't going to happen. And he started then divulging, you know, what he really wanted. And I'm like, I think I had Nova come pick me up. But those were the only two times. Everything else was legit in real casting calls. That's good. Yeah. We just hear about a lot of those stories. It's sad. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Didn't yeah. you say? What did I say now? Well, okay, so you grew up like a little bit sheltered. It's Wisconsin, though. Oh, it's Wisconsin. It was Wisconsin in the 60s, 70s, and yeah. early 80s. It was very different. Didn't you say you realized what a gay person was for the first time in L.A.? Like, it dawned on you? Oh, what? no. In co- well, in college, I started getting uh, um, discerning because these friends of mine, one of them had friends, these two guys that lived in an apartment together. Roommates. I didn't know them. They were roommates. <laughs> And it was just the most tidy, beautiful apartment. Well decorated. And they were playing Frank Sinatra at the time. It was like, wow, and GQ magazine was out, and it was just too pretty. And, you know, and then I look back going, they weren't roommates. No, they weren't roommates. They were not roommates. No. And every once in a while, I'd see at the University of Wisconsin, like, say, two girls holding hands. And they weren't European. Right. There's a really funny TikTok trend going on because it's still, like, people still have to come out, unfortunately. Mm. So there's... <laughs> and it's mostly, like, more hetero. I think it's, like, southern boys who you wouldn't. Like, um, mm-hmm. remember Taylor who went to Ole Miss? He was Mr. Ole Miss. He was this beautiful boy. Every single girl was in love with him. I mean, I, like, pin- peak, pinnacle, quintessential... Um, frat boy he's now one of like the biggest gay influencers in new york city rock hudson came out of the closet and was like i've been living a lie my whole life i wanted to kill myself and now he's like the happiest you know i will show him to you after he's great i've met him like i know him actually kind of we have but yeah uh but there's this trend of like boys like that where they're like when your parents think that your new roommate is moving in and it's this little like song and then they'll flick their wrist like a little like okay. I don't know it just made me think about a silly story but yes yeah. it's sad no, I didn't know about Taylor at Old Mess 
Colton went on this rant the other day. He was like, why do we have to come out? Why don't you heteros have to come out? Like, mom, dad, I like boys. I was like, it's true. We don't have to have this, like, come to Jesus moment with you. Well, you know what I've heard. Mm -hmm. Anytime a child comes out, parents go in. (laughs) What does that mean? They go in the closet. (laughs) Sure, I am. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's, you know, it's still hard for... I have to say, the Lavins next door, when Dad and I went to go visit Gwen mm-hmm. while Jean was in hospice, mm-hmm. somehow she brought that up because of Matthew. That's their son? That's their son. Is he plays gay? the cello. Oh, yeah. And um, oh, he came, in, he came and sat down with them several years back just saying, did you ever think there was anything different about me? And they're like, no, they have five or six sons. And they're like, no. And then he went through the whole explaining who he was and who he was dating. And they were very accepting. But that's not a lot of parents just kind of have to I go think through you their also... own mourning and grasping or denial. Why is that mourning, those... though? For their hopes and dreams of like well, um, yeah. a daughter-in-law or that's what you Colton's know, grandchildren. Mom, and... Yeah, that's what Colton's mom was. He was he like sat her down and he told her, and I remember he said, he, and she was like, "Are you sure?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure." And she goes, "All right, well that's fine, but you got to figure out how to give me grandbabies." And that was the end of the conversation. She's like, "You got to get crafty with the grandbabies because I still want those." Aww. Aww. I mean, that's sweet. It's 2021. It's there's I part of me thinks that mm, there's so many babies who need homes, and oh, so sometimes do. maybe people shouldn't be able to have kids, they can take some of those. I still think about fostering children. You should. I mean, I'm going, I, I mean, I really do. You should. You're building a compound, mm-hmm. just don't make it like weird and culty. Oh, no, <laughs> no, these are visitors in and out. Um, you absolutely should. I was on foster TikTok for a really long time. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And it's these moms and most, you know, and they're like, we just got the call. It's three in the morning. It's an emergency case. We're only taking them. They're actually having to drive over state lines for this. And they like get their room ready. And they're like, we don't know if we have any clothes, like their size. And mm-hmm. it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and if if nothing else, I've been involved with two different groups that you support the foster parents mm-hmm. because nobody realizes how hard it is to do that. Mm-hmm. And like, 90, oh, you don't even mean financially. You mean no, psychologically. Like you you give meals. You prepare meals for mm-hmm. them. You babysit. You help tutor the kids. You give rides. You. Mm-hmm backup support because uh, I forget what the real statistic is but it's something crazy high like 90 percent mm. will only do it a year because there's just they don't feel supported mm. and they burn out I'm but sure if, it's burnt I mean I'm and there's just not enough so that one group I belong to 100 shares that mm-hmm. we all raise money for mm-hmm. different groups and that was I forget the name of the actual group that was developing a new 
app or program so they could program that in and organize all the different foster parents and support backup. What is it called? The group I'm in mm -hmm. is called 100 Shares. So each woman within 100 Shares contributes annually $1,000. And the one in Tampa that, or St. Pete. Is it national? It started in Georgia, mm -hmm. pretty sure Atlanta, and then somebody in Tampa St. Pete caught wind of it, so they started their own, and I'm sure maybe some other ones are spring. Like Wendy approached me in Tennessee going, do you think we should start one here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You should. Yeah. But then it's a lot of work because you go to all these different people have to submit their yeah. applications to get the grants. I know. But we were giving away like... We were over, our goal was to get 100 women, and we were over 100 women, and so we were giving over like $150,000 a year in That's grants, amazing. so we could do like three different. Um, I also heard it's tricky because there's so many like not good people out there, and that's what they prey on. Oh, no, but these people have no, to go no, through no, presentations. No, no, no. Oh, I know, books. I know, I know, but it's just in these situations, that's yeah. how... That's where predators prey mm -hmm. because when people are desperate, they're just, mm -hmm. things can fall through the cracks, which is just, can you imagine going from a horrible situation to a worse situation? Yeah. So, no, it's. I wish more people would stop fostering dogs and start fostering children. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, one of my. Beep! Just adopted a dog and we're like, you know, I'm fake gushing over the dog because mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and I just kept thinking and because she kept it she was like you never know that like a puppy is basically like a baby like it keeps you up all night and I was like oh if you'd only put that effort into like mm -hmm. an actual kid mm -hmm. you could be changing an action like not like dog, you know mm -hmm. it's a life mm -hmm. and, and people who uh, adopt and I again I, I, say, I, I sound like a broken record, but I say it all the time. Like, when I do adopt, I'm going to adopt in this country because it's not... You can't just go and... I understand that there are obviously so many children in the world who need homes, but there are so many children here who need homes, and how can we go let this kid in wherever, like, win the lottery when we're just, like, casting aside this other one? Mm -hmm. So... I can't wait. But that's truly... When I when I have my little list of like my future husband, mm. that has have to be something he's very on board with, on board with and excited yeah. about and thinks about himself. Mm -hmm. So otherwise, it would never work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, oh, and if I do adopt, you might get some years back because they could be like a few years older. older. Oh yeah. <laughs> they might not be babies. No, and those are the ones that need it. I know they, they get adopted even less. Did, mm -hmm. It's crazy the charts if you look them up of how drastically the the adoption rates are when they even hit like one or two or three, mm -hmm. and then they just go into the foster system. No, I that's why I had to give Rosaria Butterfield so much. You know, for what she did and all the rejection you get and the hell you walk through. We went on a tangent. I love it. Mm -hmm. Aren't they fun? Mm -hmm. um, okay. 
We have to finish your story, though. I don't have a story. You do have a story. So people want, they'll be annoyed if you don't finish. What is my story? So you, you were in L.A. Mm-hmm. And for one reason or another, mm-hmm. we're not going to therapize you. Thank you. You decided to leave. Mm-hmm. You made the dis- decision mm-hmm. to leave, and you went back to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa. How was that reentry process? Yeah, that was a rude awakening, just because... Um, Did you like regret it, or were you like, okay, like, no, I, I had really my... trying to make it work. I really was. And, um... You felt it was the right thing to do. So, and then I worked in the family business. Yes. Yeah. And then? No. How old were you? How old was I? Where were you living? Did you live at home? Yeah, I went back in the winter and mom and dad were, my parents were down in Florida, so I just crashed there for a little. And then I got the cutest little guest house on a lake. Which lake? There's a lot of lakes Okachi. here. Okachi. 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 We are in the land of lakes. Mm-hmm. Not as many as Minnesota. Minnesota? Minnesota. Right? Land of a thousand lakes. There's a lot here, but there's probably more up there. We come in second. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I did that. And, yeah. Worked for the fam business and did some ministry stuff. Did a, a trip to... Um, I'm trying to play. I don't know where you went. <laughs> Um, the other side of Haiti, not Haiti, but Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I met your dad. Support Haiti right now. They're no kidding. <laughs> they always have an earthquake or something. They going are. On. I mean, it is truly one of the most cursed places, I think. Truly. It's actually in. Yeah. Anyway. And then you met dad. Mm-hmm. How did you meet him? I had a New Year's Eve party neither one of us wanted to be at, but I promised... Were you wasted? No. Were you sober? Completely. Why? It was New Year's Eve. Uh, Because it was... Not that kind of party? It wasn't that kind of party, and then there was this... How many people were at this party? Maybe 30 at the most. So you guys, like, notice each other right away? Yeah, and we ended up talking in the little tiny kitchen. The whole night? Um, for a good part of the night, and then what was his what was his uh, pickup line, or did he just in, or did someone introduce you guys, or how did it happen that like you guys? I don't even know how we started talking, other than the gal that I was with. I had no idea I had a huge crush on him. Wasn't he kind of dating her, and then he no. dropped her for no, you? No, no, but she had a big crush on him, and and it, like a lovely, beautiful girl who was a. Uh, plastic surgeon's nurse, you know, so she's professional, she comes off really well, well well-spoken. So everything you are, okay. And and then we went to another one, Dad went to another place, but... Oh, this was like the pregame. Yeah. I didn't know that. And then... So you went to another party after this? Yes. Oh! And then he says, 
it was the first time in forever that Wisconsin went to the Rose Bowl. And he goes, I'm having a party at my house. You know, do you want to come? So Don and I go. Uh-huh. Did he give you his Instagram or what? <laughs> no social media that bad. How did you get, did he give, like, get your house phone number? Um, somehow I just Were you had... dating anyone at the time? No, I had broken up with Miss Beep because his ex came back into his life and there were oh, children involved. Right. And I was like, please go be blessed. <laughs> be blessed. Be well, be blessed. You know, I can't compete with children. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So I was like pretty like not even looking. You were healing. Healing. How long was that between that and that? That was probably back in, I can remember still being, having a big boo-boo during the World Series, that whole thing going on. Mm -hmm. And my mother actually being concerned about me and coming over and watching one of the playoff games with me. Because you were sad. Yeah, she knew I was pretty heartbroken, but I'm like, Mom, I cannot compete with. So, yeah, and then he and I met New Year's Eve. And the rest is history. Histoire. And here I am. Here you are. You emerged. (laughs) I just cropped up. Boop. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else you'd like to share? I can't think of any more names. (laughs) Call me at three in the morning. Okay, Grandpa. What's her name? The Princess Bride. She was over at Joanne's. People always ask me her name, and her name... And it's my favorite movie. And I can never think of her name. I can't think of it right now either. And she used to like sit right in the row in front of me. Oh, I think I'm pale. Uh, um, Joe Lando from Dr. Quinn Medicine Women. You know, that was my favorite show. You don't even know. But no. people used to watch it in French. I be- <laughs> When we lived in France oh. to pick up. When English? they were at that level, so that no, so they could pick up French because they would play it in French over there. I know so many people who uh-huh. have taught themselves English, and this is how simplistic our language is, exclusively from watching American television. They did not take a course, a class. They just watched like eight seasons of The Office or something. Oh, because it's so, well, those shows are so simplistic. Right, but that's what I'm saying. They're so simplistic, then your brain... They sense. they know what they're saying, so then it. Well, I always heard from like my language teachers. Oh, you can do that, but you have to be at a certain level no, to do that. No, I know people who really, really and did that's it. That's all they did. But our language is very simplistic. Lex Friedman today was talking about on his uh, podcast with Joe Rogan that he was just on. He was talking about how because he's from Russia, he grew up in, um, yeah, like peak Russia. Siberia? No, 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 no. Just uh, the like Soviet Union, like very communist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he came over here uh, later on in life. So his first language is Russian. His second language is English. And they were talking about, oh, uh, you know Khabib, the fighter, Mm-mm. like the most famous fighter. I don't follow fighters. Okay, he's the most like one of the most famous fighters in the world. He's done fighting. He's very Muslim. Mm. Uh, and so that's the world loves like he's just like a fan favorite everyone loves him he's very Muslim so he's very proper and Khabib Khabib 
and he's I mean he's made hundreds of millions of dollars but he like drives a Toyota like he's just very mm. simple mm-hmm. and he's like I've gotten I've extrapolated everything out of um, fighting I'm going off on a tangent and now he's getting signed to a professional soccer or a football league because he's like I just want to like go play soccer. well we had the golf channel on today and some ex-football player mm-hmm. is going to some university and he's gonna play NCAA golf sure and he's got this gray beard. Sure. <laughs> like, why not? Okay. It's, yeah. Well, oh, 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 but he was saying that he would, Lex would love to have a conversation with Khabib in Russian because Khabib, because Khabib has an understanding of the English language, but you don't reach that certain level of, you can, like, yeah. ex, ex, truly explain your emotions. Yeah. And then he got into how simplistic the English language is and how hard it is for us to convey our emotions because we don't have enough words. Mm -hmm. But in Russian, every single word, you kind of, it's malleable. So you can stretch it or, he explained it better. You can stretch it or just kind of like mold it to fit exactly what you're trying to get across. Wow. And then he said cussing is a true art form. Like he was like Americans don't cuss anywhere near how much Russians cuss but it's just like enveloped so much in the language it's not even cussing it's just almost like a form of poetry and the way that you weave it into oh this is fascinating it's fascinating wow mm-hmm. I wish you listened to Lex more I think you would really enjoy have I ever listened his to Lex brain no he's one of the Lex he's um He's like an AI scientist, a data scientist, oh, and, really? but I mean, I quite literally have slid into his DMs before because I'm like, I love you, please. <laughs> no, he's one of the smartest humans on the face of this planet. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has, he is the most compelling, and him and Joe are buddies because they, him and Michael Malice are really good friends. I don't know if you know who Michael Malice is. Mm-hmm. You should, but. I should. You should. You're shooting on me. I am shooting on you. <laughs> But you should listen to everyone should listen to Lex Friedman. Love to. He's like, do you pick him up at various places, or he has a he podcast? has his own podcast, okay. and then any single interview he gets interviewed on, I I'm the first person to download it and listen to it. Okay. No, I'm open to that. Cause he's like on the forefront of AI technology and robotics in that whole field, but then he has people on like Andrew Huberman and. Uh, David Sinclair who are like at the forefront of all the science towards like holistic like healing and how we're gonna live to be a million years old basically and it's so interesting I'll send you a few to get started I'll send you a few to get started get me going on these things sometimes I think I should because people ask me so often to send them recommendations. I feel like I should just start a mini blog. Well, I can't tell you how many women have, they're like, please thank your daughter for, you know, encouraging you to listen to the Naomi. Really? Oh, I can't even tell you how many. Good. Yeah. I know. I think that should be a requirement for every single American citizen. I totally agree. Did you have fun? Yes. Did you? Yeah. Did you get more comfortable, you feel? Oh, for sure. We just started. You just like start rolling. Flowing. Flowing. Mm -hmm. You forget it's there. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't, that part doesn't bother me. It was just like, what are we going to talk about? Oh, I know. 
See, I didn't know you knew until you were just saying something. But I didn't want you to start. I knew if I if, I knew if I told you, you would start to create a dialogue or like almost like a mini, and I didn't want that to happen. I wanted yeah. you to really just kind of go with it. Yeah. So anyway, thank so you. Here we are. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's late. It's way past Squindy's bedtime, and we're getting up early to go walking and get coffee in the morning. Yes, we are. So I'm going to go to bed now. Arrivederci. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Let us know if you want more guests. Jared and I have a few ideas of people we want to bring on. Um, a few of my friends, a few of his friends. Let us know if you want my mom back on soon. Just wish I would have remembered more. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Thank you all. Peace and blessings. Speak next week with Jared and our regularly scheduled program. Bye. Peaches, you're sweet as can be.